From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Z Evans, the facility's maintenance supervisor at Palmer Station on the Antarctic Peninsula, talks to FNC reporter Brian Johnson. Evans discusses life in Antarctica, her job duties there, and how her career journey led her from Minnesota to a desolate, windswept location south of Chile. Okay, well, I'm really pleased to be joined by Z Evans, uh, facilities maintenance supervisor in charge of a crew of blue-collar workers in the United States Antarctic program at Palmer Station, south of Chile on the Antarctic Peninsula. Wow, that is quite a job. So first of all, thank you, Z, for joining me today. And uh, where are you now as we speak? Are you down at uh, Palmer Station? Yes, I am, Brian. I'm down here at Palmer right now. Um, we, uh, I've been down here for a year, uh, um, doing a, doing a, it typically isn't a, a long season like this, but we weren't able to find a uh, person to fill my spot. So I had to stay for the, stay for the winter, so to speak, you know, where our seasons are op- opposite, obviously. So, mm-hmm. so I'm down here and, um, the boat are, we only way we can um, get on here at Palmer station, get on and off the station is by boat. And, um, the, the folks that are coming in for the summer, are there on a boat now and they're crossing the Drake Passage and they'll be here on Thursday. Oh, okay. And then I can go home. Then you can go home. Well, I was going to ask you about that. How long are you normally down there for any given stretch? Normally it's just, it's normally it's six months, six months on and six months off. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, um, so I'm working full time right now. Um, you know, when I'm at home, I'm working from, from home. Um, in my in Minneapolis, um, but and then I run the run the I run the uh, maintenance uh, department from up there. Okay. So, what is the temperature there as we speak? Oh, right now it's beautiful. It's um, it's in the thirties. Okay. It might be thirty. It might be thirty-one. It's it's uh, it it's been hovering around thirty-one, thirty-two. And this is right now, since we are still in winter, this is a little bit warmer than we normally would get. Okay. That actually sounds pretty nice. It is. It is. So when I was, when I'm, when I'm at home, I usually stay, I usually come down for the Minnesota winter because it's the summer time down here and the temperatures average between 35 and 45. So I, I, you know, I come south for the winter. Well, how cold (laughs) is Antarctica? Does it get on on the in the winter season? It's um it, it here at Palmer we're on the outside of the Antarctic Circle, mm-hmm. and so uh, temperatures um very rarely will get below the uh, uh, the teens. 
So it usually stays, it stays pretty, pretty decent. You know, the most, most, oh, let's see, the weather here has a tendency to get um, really blowy and really snowy um, in the winter. But this year, like I was telling you, it's been warmer and it hasn't been, we haven't had much snow at all. Okay. Fantastic. Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, you, uh, I guess, how long have you been in this line of work, uh, specifically in uh, at Palmer Station? Well, at Palmer Station, I started in 1997, or and actually with the program, with the Antarctic program, was in 97. Um, and my first uh, place I went to, I went to McMurdo Station, which is the largest of all the U.S. stations. And um, and I went in as a UT, which was a utility technician, and um, my specialty was um, air handlers, kitchen equipment, um, uh, you know, just general maintenance, um, building maintenance mostly. And then um, got trained in on uh, furnace work, and uh, you know, so then I was doing furnaces. And with the furnaces um, down in the station down here, um, the boilers and the furnaces, they all use uh, fuel oil. Because that's what's um, that's what the, our generators run on. So everything's run on fuel oil, and so that's what I was trained on. And and I'd already had my boilers license, so it was really good to to um, actually get my hands dirty with fuel oil, so to speak. Okay, and we should mention yeah. that this work is in support of the National Science Foundation and uh, the scientists and researchers there, and they're doing a lot of important work with regard to uh, climate change and other critical scientific endeavors, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yep. So uh, that's pretty cool that you're part of that team helping uh, maintain those facilities. Um, Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about just what sort of your day-to-day duties are like? Sure. Yeah. For me right now, um, you know, I'm the uh, supervisor, so mostly I just run I, at Palmer Station as a small crew. We have an electrician, we have a carpenter, we have a maintenance specialist, and a utility technician. And um, and so my mostly my days is is making sure that you know they've got the work that they need um, to do, and um, that they're got all the safety things that they need, um, you know, safety paperwork um, and gear that they need to do their job safe. Uh, you know, the, uh, the biggest thing that I think though, is, uh, my job it encompasses is, um, is, uh, doing is researching materials, um, and making sure we have parts on station for all the equipment that we have to repair, you know, mm-hmm. and then planning out, uh, future jobs and just making sure everything's on station for those jobs. I'm sure that's a critical thing because parts are, when you need a part, you have to pretty much have it on hand there, right? Yeah. Yep. And it takes, it takes anywhere from six months to a year to get parts because I mean, number one right now, obviously with our supply and demand um, in the world, it's hard to, it's hard. We've been waiting on materials for um, that were supposed to come in six months ago and um, we're still waiting on them to get in. But thank God we everything's running. We're just we're, sometimes we have to make things limp along, but we're limping. We're doing okay. You know, we're still surviving. So, do you have to be pretty creative sometimes when a problem arises, and maybe you 
don't necessarily have the luxury of just walking next door to get the part that you need? How does that work? Uh, can you give me an example of coming up with a creative solution yeah. to deal with a problem? Well, um, you know, I've got the, the folks that, that work for me are really, really skilled technicians and, um, and everybody can put their heads together and, and come to come um, with solutions on problems. Um, we have um, in a, for instance, we have uh, our dish machine. It has, uh, it has this little, um, it has this little heater in it. We call it a weldment and it has a little spot in it that, um, that rusted through. And we, our water is really harsh here. It's um, reverse osmosis water and it's very pure. And so it leaches, leaches um, minerals out of metal. And so it, it, even our stainless steel has a tendency to um, get, get corroded. And so we had this uh, problem with this, uh, this rusted area and we had to, we eventually put it, we had a tap welded and um, put a little nut in there and we were able to um, continue doing what we needed to do. It's just, you know, when people don't have the actual skills um, that aren't really um, certified for um, doing that kind of welding, it's, you know, sometimes you just have to do your best with what you got. And right now it's holding. Did you do you have trouble finding workers who are willing to go down there and work in a remote location like that, or is it? Well, you know, the, the yes, yes, and no. We we can find people, but one of the biggest qualifications to to be able to come to Antarctica is you have to pass a physical qualification, uh, PQ process, as we call it, and that number one is really really difficult for a lot of people. Um, you know, it just depends. It, it depends on a lot of different things, but um, it's it's just that's one of the hardest things to do is to pass that that physical. You know, because they want to make sure that you're not going to get sick when you're down here, and you have to go see a dentist and do a lot of tests and stuff like that. But you know, when we when we can find them and they pass, you know, by that time they're they're um, we can get some really really good folks down here, but we really do do need a to have a plethora of candidates. And that's one thing that we're lacking. Well, I imagine you have to have the right mindset too, to be able to go down yeah. there and work. And uh, how, how big of a crew is, it? you know, it's not a very big crew, right? You don't have a lot of opportunities to uh, just go out and have fun. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, the Palmer station's the smallest of all the stations. And it has, um, its max population is about 44. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have, I mean, you know, like in the, in my shop, there's, um, we have five people. Um, and then ours is the biggest shop here on station. The, um, you know, the, we've got an IT department. We've got, you know, usually um, in the summer we have two cooks. Um, yeah, we have a, a small logistics department. And then the science are really the ones that, um, you know, take up the bulk of our um, science during the um, summer months. And um, there can be, I don't know, maybe um, probably 20 some people doing science down here at a time. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's small, but it's, uh, you know, we, and we work 10 hour days, six days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you do to um, relax down there or um, just, chill out 
Well, that's a that's a good that's a good question. So um, we have uh, here at Palmer we have uh, what we call the backyard, mm-hmm. and it's um, it you the Palmer Station used to be backed up right alongside a, a glacier, and the glaciers receded way 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 back now. And so we've got this huge um, it's as I would say it's a glacial moraine um, of of you know rocks and debris, but you can go hiking back there in the summer when you know the the snow will melt. You can go hiking in in the winter. You can go skiing. Um, we've got cross country uh, cross country skis, um, downhill skis, um, snowshoes, that kind of stuff, and I, you know, ice crampons. And so, you know, there's always that kind of stuff to do. Um, we have, uh, you know, we've got a, a pool table and some darts, and um, we have a big screen TV that we watch videos on. We can't really watch um, live stream TV, but we watch videos. Mm-hmm. But we also have, um, you know, we have a, a rec aisle that has a lot of different um, supplies there for people if they want to do knitting or um, uh, drawing or painting or anything like that. We've got a full full stock of rec um, stuff to do so if anybody's interested. All right. So, it's, you know, there's there's stuff to do. And, and then there's um, there, then there's laundry. <laughs> a lot of laundry. Oh, just then. You know, I mean, on your day off, you you do laundry. <laughs> okay. What are your meals like down there? How do you? You can't just order uh, DoorDash, right? So. No, no, no. We just we have um we we you know we have during the winter we only have one cook, and then they just they fix um lunch and dinner, and on breakfast is on our own, and we you know we have a supplies of uh cereals and you know, anything like that to eat. And, but then, you know, they just fix regular meals and we've got vegetarians down here and they fix vegetarian meals also in addition to, you know, meat meals. And it's, it's really good. You know, the food is really good here. Okay. It has to be because it's, it's a morale booster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Um, What kind of wildlife do you see down there? Wow. We have so much, I mean, here at Palmer, I mean, this is where biologists come. We have whales, we have um, seals, we have, um, you know, like for instance, we have um, um, humpbacks, orcas, um, minke whales, and those are the three that we we have seen here um, on station. And there are some others that you know, have like fin whales, and I think they're out further away from station. Um, then we have uh, for the seals, we have. Leopard seals, um, minky, or let's see, leopards. Leopard seals like to eat the penguins. Okay, they got big teeth. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then we've, I uh, can't think of the names right now, but we have a, a, a lot of different um, seals that hang out here. Um, and then with the penguins, we have three different species of penguins. We have the uh, Gentoo, the Chinstrap, and the Adeli. And the Adeli uh, population, we have a little island here um, that's called Torgeson. And um, a number, I mean, uh, 20 some years ago, I think it's over 20 years ago, there was 20,000 pairs of breeding penguins on this island. And now they're down to um, maybe, I don't know exact numbers anymore, but it's gone down to, you know, at least 2,000. So Mm -hmm. from 20,000 down to 2,000. And that's, and I think it's even gone down further. But the birders, um, as we call them, the birders are not here right now to do the counts. But yeah, we'll we'll see. It's the populations are dwindling here um, for a certain type of penguin, and other penguins are coming in. 
and we all believe that's because the climate um, climate change is happening. And mm. um, the birds, the Adelis, for instance, they like it where it's colder, and so they're moving further south. And the warmer penguins are starting to come in, like the uh, like the Gentoos are a warmer bird, and so are the um, the chinstraps. Hmm. Well, that's so it's fascinating. That's, yeah, fascinating stuff. How did you? How did you? What attracted you to this opportunity to work down there? And how how did you get into this? Well, when I was in the I was in the Navy, and um, I was uh, uh, I was stationed in England, and I was going to have orders to go to VXE six, which is the um, you know the Navy had control of the um, U.S. Antarctic stations at the time, mm-hmm. and um, things beyond my control didn't happen. So I've always had Antarctica on my mind. Um, and then uh, there was a time when I was um, I'm trying I was trying to uh, um, increase my skills and my uh, maintenance background, and I was working at a hospital in in, in Burnsville, and um, I was always trying to get a you know have my boss hire me as an engineer because I was fully capable you know I was fully capable, but he just said Z I can't hire you right now I don't have a position, so I just kept looking in the paper and I found a job um, one Sunday. Um, said Antarctica maintenance wanted faxes your resume. And I did, they called me up that, you know, I did that on Monday. They called me up on Wednesday and they offered me the job on Friday. It was that quick. Wow. So, yeah. So it was always, it's always been there in the back of my head and I saw it and I jumped on it. That's great. Um, how did you, so you attended Dunwoody, right? Yeah. And how did that prepare you for this? type of work well so dunwoody so i was taking so i was working i think i was working two jobs at the time when i was going to dunwoody and so i just was taking um classes at night at dunwoody and so i was just um, trying to get my um boilers license increase my um oh you know upgrade my license is what it was and anyway so what i what it what happened with me is that that dunwoody gave me the opportunity to realize that the more education I had, the more um, I could be, um, uh, oh, how do you say that? Um, Oh, uh, the job market would open up. You know, I could, I'd be able to get more jobs. You know, I'd be more marketable, marketable, I guess is how you'd say that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that was one of the biggest things. And that, that, you know, going with that, with the boilers license, I mean, it's really hard to find anybody with a boilers license anymore that um, that knows anything about that, you know, can actually work on boilers anymore. It seems it seems down in in the program that we're mm-hmm. we're finding mm-hmm. and um, because people are they're going away from, you know, the old style boilers and the, the stuff that we have on these stations. We want simple. We want simple systems. And that's what we're looking for is people who know how to work on simple sy- systems. And I'm also, and you know, and my my other goal um, with um, with Dunwoody is I want I want more women in the trades, and uh, anything I can do to promote that, it would be great. You know, yeah, absolutely. Because it's um, when I first when I first started with the program, and I started in they called it the PM shop, the pre- preventative maintenance shop in in McMurdo. We had we had six women out of nineteen um, nineteen people in the shop, and um, and we were all doing furnaces and and doing this this dirty work. And there, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you can do the work. And uh, but it's always in, with having that many women in the shop, it just makes it a little bit more civil. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I think is the best way to put it. <laughs> do you do you actively encourage young women to pursue careers in the trades, or are you involved in any mentorship programs or anything like that? Well, not yet, no. And so this is my this is my an opportunity for me, I believe, to to reach out and um and this is it's been hard because I don't I'm not exactly sure I know how would I would do that, but we're we're gonna keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to to back up a little bit, can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, facilities you maintain down there, and just kind of the size and scope of what you're in charge of? Yeah, Palmer. It's Palmer Station's very small, so we have um we have two, we have two um, major buildings. One of them has um the science labs in them. And so it has aquarium, and we have to take care of the aquarium and the um, the seawater system um, that, that supplies the the aquarium there. And we also um, take we also supply um, water to the station um, with uh, with uh, seawater. And so it's a reverse osmosis. So we supply that to to the station. Um, um, let's see the. Uh, we have, you know, we take care of the kitchen, you know, and the, I mean, we take care of the whole station, but there's, I mean, like there's fuel pumps, there's um, seawater pumps, there's, um, we have four or five boilers, um, a plethora of air handlers, um, and refrigeration equipment. We've got, um, you know, for the science um, labs area, we have what we call ultra lows, and they're a double cascade um, refrigeration system um, that keeps things at minus 70 degrees Celsius. It's really cold, and because the scientists need their stuff, and you know we have to ship it back to the states, and it has to stay frozen the whole way. So I mean, it's it's kind of critical with the the some of the stuff that we take care of. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's uh, you know, we maintain everything on station that's not on wheels and isn't in the in the water, and so we do have one of the other things that we are able to do here on station is um, we have zodiacs. And they have other um, types of uh, flotation um, craft, you know, boats. Um, and um, we don't maintain those, but we do. Um, we're all able to go out and help science when needed. So let's say the um, as the birders, as we call them, the scientists that come um, study the penguins, they'll need help um, when they're uh, gathering penguins together, and they have to do they have to do weighing. They do this frequently, and they'll. Um, you know, and people need to to hold the the penguins while they're doing the doing the measurements, and so you get to hold penguins and stuff like that, and that's pretty cool, yeah, pretty fun. That is cool. Um, yeah. Um, and we have uh, we have two um two hundred fifty kilowatt kilowatt um generators, and um, you know, and those and you know, one of the things that those can be challenging sometimes because uh, on occasion we might have something that goes wrong with the generator, and the, when the power goes out. Everybody has to scramble, and um, we have to do. We have to, um, you know, take care of like the seawater system. We have to do certain things to shut it down safely. You know, to, we know if we want to bring it back up safely, um, and then the scientists have to know what's going on. You know, because the, if they're there, we'll lose power, and so we just have to make sure that nobody opens up any of the freezer doors or anything like that. And so it's just a coordinated effort to keep things running when things are shut down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have anything, uh, equipment or gear that runs on renewable power or anything like that? Or is it pretty much? Uh... No, not at this, no, not at this time. They, um, you know, we had talked about, um, 
well, solar, we can't do solar because there's hardly, we, we don't have sunshine like they, you know, this is more like a, the, um, the Northwest, um, like Washington state, mostly it's, it's mostly rainy and, and wet in the, in the summertime and then snowy in the winter. And we, you know, our, our days that we'd have, um, decent sun, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't offset the cost. And then we've tried, we've talked about doing also wind, um, wind power, but we aren't able to do that because of the the birds. We have a lot of birds around around station, um, a lot of different types of you know petrels and um, skuas and uh, sheathbills and all these. There's just a whole mess of them, and so they so we're just not able to do that right now. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So what uh, what are you um, are you planning to stick with this and do this for uh the foreseeable future are you gonna you ever think about maybe i should just go back to minnesota and get a regular job or well i (laughs) well brian let me tell you i've i've done i've done that thing when i've gone home to find just a regular job and (laughs) as i as i call it a real job and um i end up not staying very long because i i swear to god that this Antarctic program is one of the best places ever. I mean, people really, really care about science. They really care about the work they're doing. They, we care. I mean, it's, it really is a community thing. Everybody cares about each other. Um, it's a totally different world. It's a totally different world than it is out there in the real world. (laughs) And, um, Mm. and when you, when you come down here and you keep coming down, um, you know, it's, it, yeah, I mean, the personnel will change, but, you know, there's usually a core group that keep coming back. And so the the folks that I've been working with um, in my shop, there's um, three of them that I've been working with. Um, one of them I've been working with for um, like 12 years, for instance, down here. And, um, and you know, he's just the backbone of, you know, he's the maintenance specialist. He's doing, I mean, you know, I can't imagine having somebody or having something, somebody else different than him here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, yeah, the other other two guys that I have, they've uh, we've done like uh, I think five years together. But it's just really, really good when you have that continuity, and people coming back and they know their jobs, and when you ask them something, they know you know they know you mean it and they do it, and it's it's really it's it's a teamwork effort here, and it works really works really well. Yeah, well, it sounds like fascinating work. And um, good for you and for the contributions you're making down there and the contributions you're making to science. And so, um, you know, it's really been enjoyable chatting with you about this. Did you have anything else that you would like to talk about or mention before I let you go? I don't want to keep you too long because you've been generous with your time. No, that's fine. Um, Let's see. You know, I think I think the biggest thing is is um, the Antarctic program has. Um, I mean, it had. I mean, we oh, we have so many tradespeople. We need we need truck drivers. We need uh, people who who can run, run um, big equipment. We need um, we need uh, you know plumbers, and we need tin knockers. We need you know. A refrigeration techs. I mean, anything that you can think of. Any, any. If you think of a small city, 
you know, that's what we need. We need people to, we need the, these type of people to come down. And, um, and I think Dunn and Woody has a lot of those folks and they just don't realize that they want to come down yet. <laughs> well, if so. anyone is interested in going on, being part of that team, um, where do they start? How, how would they so like that, find out more? Well, there's, um, actually all you have to do is type in Antarctica jobs. Mm-hmm. In the in your browser, um, but the USAP, the United States Antarctic Program, um, has a website. Um, I think if you just go there, and then you can also find jobs, um, and, you know, through the USAP, and uh, and yeah, you just have to apply, and uh, that's the the biggest thing is just getting folks out there and getting them to apply. Wonderful. Well. That sounds like a like a great adventure, and thank you again for your time, Z. I really appreciate it, and um, good luck with your endeavors down there. Thanks, Brian. Oh, and you you did ask how long I was planning on staying. Well, I yeah. I'm going to turn sixty five in a couple. I mean, in, in in six months. So we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, maybe they can coax you into staying for. Uh, you know, till you're 67 or 70. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it has been a t- totally enjoyable. Thank you, Brian. Wonderful. Thank you, Z. Take care. Thank you for your time. Yeah. You bet. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye.